The Extremist Publishing Podcast is endorsed by Heart 200, Scotland's most exciting road trip. Find out more at heart200.scot. Welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie, and it's my great pleasure to be joined today by David M. Addison, travel writer and the very first author ever to publish with Extremist Publishing. Um, Good afternoon, Tom. It's nice to meet you again. Now, David is no stranger to travel, it's fair to say. His writings have taken in locations all around the world, and in recent years he's become especially popular for his writings about the Scottish road trip. He's travelled the North Coast 500, the South West Coastal Route 300 and the Snow Road Scenic Route, as well as a brand new project which we'll be unveiling later this year. In past podcast episodes, David has talked about the culture and the history of the various different regions that he's visited as a result of his writing about road trips, but today we're going to do something a little bit different, because David has agreed to come and join us and talk about the -the behind-the-scenes exploits that go on behind the research of his books. Yes, uh, these are the stories that the untold, if you like, that did not appear in the book because they're sort of more of a personal anecdote, you know, rather than, you know, talking about the history and the culture and so forth. And as you said, I've written three exploring books now and one in embryo. And I have two stories about the NC500, one about the SWC300, and another one, finally, on the snow roads. So if I may begin by telling you the first thing that happened to us on the NC500, actually because of the length of the trip, we actually did it twice. And the story I'm just about to tell you happened in the, on, the, on the second tour. Because, you see, by the time you'd spent so long seeing a castle or whatever, by the time you moved on to the next place, the attractions were closed. So that's why we had to come back and do it again. So for the second trip, I had borrowed my son's camper van. It's the first time I'd ever driven it. And we had got to Badby, which is uh, between Brora and Thurso. Badby is actually a clearance village. I mean, there's not a lot to see now, you know, just the ruins of some houses. It's perched right on the cliff. And it is so windy there, actually, that the people used to tether their livestock and their children in case they were blown off into the abyss. So, anyway, there we were, going round the site, 
and we came back and got into the camper van and it's actually like a, a step up, you know, it's quite high off the ground. So in I got, turned on the ignition, back and the key would not turn in the lock. So neither my phone could get a signal, nor Fiona's. There was one other car in the car park, so we waited until these people came back from their visit and hoped that they could get a signal. Fortunately, they did, and I phoned my brother-in-law in Thurso. That's about 45 miles to the north. So I explained that the van had broken down. So he came and rescued us, took us back to Thurso, and then we had to contact my son's emergency cover people, you know, for the car. And we, you know, texted him about that. And when we got in touch with them, the rescue company wanted to know what the postcode was of you know, where the vehicle was. And they would not accept that it did not have a postcode. It was out in the middle of nowhere. So my, my brother-in-law said, you know, there is only one company I know of, you know, that it'll be them for sure, you know, that will, will come, you know, to, to sort it out. So that next morning, they, it was arranged that we'd meet this breakdown wagon at half past nine at Badby. And uh, so the driver got out and had a look and put the key in the ignition. And then he gave the steering wheel an almighty wrench. And that had freed it. And what had actually happened was that when I had got down from the car I'd sort of held on to the steering wheel to sort of like you know because I said it you know, was quite a step up so whilst I had done that I'd actually you know turned the wheel unbeknownst to me and it locked it but it had locked it solid I mean it wasn't just like there was like no play in it at all you know so so that actually was was the the first misadventure we had um, on that and then um, the same thing happened again when we were in Strathnava and this time however you know they you know couldn't get it to, to the ignition to start again but the, this you know I knew that it was the um, you know the the lock so I managed to wrestle that free and we were off again so so that that was a bit of a, a misadventure and <laughs> and even that was a bad thing, but there was an even worse thing to happen later on with the van. We were, we just crossed the Kelskew Bridge and um, the NC500 takes you along the B8692 Loch Inver, which is a single track road. And just about, just before we got to Drumbeg, actually, I met 
a car coming down and I was going up and although I was bigger than him I was the one that reversed now I'm not a great reverser I have to admit that but I'm an even worse reverser of Richard's camper van so I started reversing and then I thought it may be just enough room for him to get past and he did and then I tried to take off again and it wouldn't go fortunately this um, this driver who'd made me reverse um, he pulled up at the lay-by which was just down the little down, down the road a little bit he was actually um, yeah, maybe Germans maybe Dutch I don't know it doesn't really matter anyway he'd seen that I couldn't pull away so um, he stopped and when I got out I had a hairy fit because the back near side wheel was hanging over the edge of a bank I mean there was quite a steep slope you know down down the the side of the bank you know trees and all that sorts of sorts of things and so he and his mates got out and you know tried to push me and then say another party came along and they were either Germans or Dutch or something like that and it didn't make any difference we still could not get this van to, to move and the, the driver of the car who'd made me do the reversing he said I think we'd better stop and when I got out to my horror I discovered that the wheel was completely off the road it was hanging over this sort of bank edge and it looked very you know precarious indeed and when I got out of the driver's seat I mean it was quite a drop to the ground and then clamber up the bank and things and I thought oh my goodness what are we going to have to do now so he said he'd give me a lift to Kelskewer on a pool and I would have to phone for a you know, rescue vehicle. But then, much, I mean, this, this is like an angel on wheels or something like that. A French Land Rover appeared. And believe it or not, he'd actually one of these, like, winchy things at the front of, of, of you know, front of the radiator. So he kindly, you know, pulled me out. But, you know, I just had visions of being stuck in on a pool for I don't know how long waiting for a rescue place because I, I don't know where the nearest place would be I mean it could be miles and miles and miles away so there would have been Fiona with the vehicle all that time and she didn't sit in that in case it toppled over and, you know slid into the ravine and you know I've never told Richard about this he doesn't know except he may know now after this. But he has said for my next venture, he kindly said he would allow me to use the van again. But maybe he won't now. <laughs> so my next adventure was 
on the SWC 300. And this is an absolutely incredible story, really. Um, it's, a, it's a coincidence of a most amazing kind. So there we were um, at Threve Gardens waiting to go in to see the house. And I don't know where I was, but Fiona said, you know, I think I've just seen our former GP. And I said, no, can't be because they'd gone to the borders. Now, you see, how would you define the borders, Tom? Dumfries, Galloway. Oh, really? Now, well, you see, to me, borders are like Peebles, Roxborough, and, you know... Yeah, Shilker, places you know. like that, yeah. But I don't think of the borders as being Galloway, you know, because it's not really joined on as such, you know, it's sticking out to the left. But actually, eh, it did, in fact, turn out to be him because when we assembled in front of the house for our tour, lo and behold, it was Dr Brown. So, showed us round the house and everything, and I got in conversation with him after the tour was over, and I said, I thought you'd gone to the borders. He said, no, we, you know, we're here, we live in Kirkcubri. I said, all right. Anyway, we chatted on and chatted on, and this is where the second amazing coincidence happened. One of his fellow guides is a bloke called Martin Rosendale. I said, oh, you're kidding. Because it turned out that Martin had got Fiona's job after she retired due to pregnancy. So there was his, you know, his fellow guide was um, Fiona's successor. So, so when it, it was lunchtime, just about, so Martin had arrived for his shift. So we went into, you know, their, the guide's little room kind of thing. And uh, so we had a good old chinwag uh, about the days at Dalbiti, because I'd still, you know, been at Dalbiti you know, before I moved up to, to Falkirk, you know, so it was just, I thought, an amazing coincidence, you know, that these two, you know, people I hadn't seen for years, and then, and then, you know, that, that happened, so. So that, that was a, a sort of um, good experience, you might say. And my last tale is about the, the snow roads, and it starts in Blair Gowrie, as, as you know, and it spent the night in Blair Gowrie. And as we were packing up, uh, I noticed a tractor and a, a wagon you know, with a huge load of straw bales, I mean, stuck out well over, you know, the, the side of the road. So I caught up with it after we left Blair Gowrie, passed it, then I stopped at Bridge of Cali to take some photographs and the hotel, the bridge and so forth. And ahead of me I could see that the road was closed. Now that is the route I wanted to go on. I said, oh, we're 
heaven's sake, you know. First day, just started, can't do the route because there's, there's roadworks. I think they were cutting down trees or something like that. And there was a, what the French call a deviation of the, um, the A924 to Kirkmichael. And whilst I was at Bridge of Calais, mucking about, taking these photos, this straw tractor passed me. Now, the deviation was a narrow road and we hadn't gone very far before we came to another stop. And what had happened was that the straw tractor going up had met a bus coming down and neither the two could pass. So we motorists, God, must have been half a mile or something of us, had to reverse right back to the bridge again so that you know before there was a place where they could where they could pass and it actually turned out to be a bit of serendipity or you know because that road in actual fact was a lot more interesting than the A93 which is the normal route and that's I know that because we came back, you know, that way. And there's not not a lot to see um, on that. But but actually, the, the the best thing about it wasn't so much the scenery and things like that. But at Kirkmichael, there is a a, a, a wee road, the the, the B nine fifty that I was telling you about, and you know, that is where the bridge is that's that's on the cover so you know it was really really fortuitous because uh, it was a much more interesting road for a start but it was actually just so good that uh, that turned out to be the the bridge that was in the the cover of the book well david you've had some really extraordinary experiences out there on the roads and also met with some extraordinary coincidences with some of the people that you've encountered. One of the things that jumps out at me from reading your books, of course, is not just the fact that you go into detail about the history and the culture of the places that you visit, it's also the places that you encounter when you're going slightly off the road. Um, are there any particular places that you feel really enhanced your appreciation of those routes just by, you know, going slightly off the beaten uh, track? Well, actually, um, you're right, I, I do go off piste a lot. And to be honest, the um, Threef Castle, well, well, actually, yes, Threef Castle and um, Threef Gardens, that's actually, you know, off the route because um, they're, they're near Castle Douglas. And Castle Douglas isn't actually on the official route. The, the actual route more, you know, hugs the coastline more. It is the southwest coastal route after all but yes I mean it's only seven miles from Dalbiti to um, Thief Castles a fascinating castle by the way because you go across to it in a, a wee rowing boat you know which adds interest but but the gardens of Thieve are wonderful the house is very very interesting so yes um, I do not let myself be bound by the by the official route um, 
I see, I see, it, you know, it's it's a road, it's not a railroad, you know, so I, I feel at liberty to go and see anything, you know, in the, in the close vicinity that's, that's of interest, certainly. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention the fact that you're already hard at work on a new exploring book, uh, which is all about another part of the country, one that's very close to your heart. And I know we don't want to give away too much about it, but are there any hints you would like to give the listeners about your latest journey? Yes, um, the trouble with with this latest journey is the pesky COVID, because um, by now I would have, if it had it not been for COVID, I would have been a lot further down the road, so to speak. You know, I, I'm planning to do the mystery route in in stages, and I would have probably done most of them you know, by now, had it not been for COVID. The trouble is that many of the attractions are, are still closed. As it happens, next week, I'm going to set off and do as much as I can of the route. And uh, I know some places are open, some places still haven't opened. I'll come back on after this trip, right up, you know what what I've what I've seen, and um, hopefully by the time I do that and we set off on our second expedition, um, some of these places that were shut, um, you know, will have opened again. Let's hope anyway. Well, David, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you today and to hear some of your tales of your journeys in every corner of Scotland, um, and more still to come. Thanks very much for having joined us. Thanks very much, Tom. You're very welcome. David's books, Exploring the NC500, Exploring the SWC300 and Exploring the Snow Roads are all available to buy from Extremist Publishing through retailers and online booksellers worldwide. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll tune in again soon. If you would like to find out more about advertising on the Extremist Publishing Podcast, please visit their website at www.extremistpublishing.com for details.